Welcome back to the Fellowship. Adam Hawk joined as always by Ryan Engel. And ladies and gentlemen, we are busy around here at Nation Golf. Lots going on in and around the store. We'll get to all of that, including the fastest recap ever of the 3M Open Championship <laughs> out in Minnesota. But first, Pards, how are you? Very, very okay. Well, that's good. I wish that it was very, very good, but hopefully we get there by the end of this episode. It's Monday, Hawk. I mean, there's not enough coffee in the world to make me feel any better than I do right now. Speaking of Monday, there's this black hole in our friendship called The Weekend. Here's the dirty little secret about our friendship, our very, very close friendship. There's no one I see more during the week and no one I see less during the weekend. You and I live on opposite ends of the county, and that is the beautiful and best Orange County for those wondering at home. We live about 30 miles apart, and given that we both like to imbibe in libations on the weekend, it doesn't make a ton of sense for us to be <laughs> hanging out and bringing DUIs into the picture with the amount of distance between each other. So I saw you last on Friday. We had a great time at the shop with some really good friends, and we'll get into that in a second. But before we do, tell me about your Friday night, your Saturday, and your Sunday, because this is the first time I'll be hearing about it right here with all the wonderful listeners of the fellowship. Wow. Okay. Friday, I got the hell out of here in a rush because we pretty much just partied at work all day. Um, we rushed home. I don't even remember what we did. Didn't you go to Wind and Sea? Oh, Yeah. Went to Win and See, met um, Katie Kai and her <laughs> Katie stop, Kai's sister. Stop! stop. <laughs> Just stop. I told you right before we started recording. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you about your weekend. Do you want to write down any notes so you're ready to go when I ask you? I'm gonna ask you off the top about your weekend. You looked at me and said, "No, I'm good." Start the recording. <laughs> I ask you about your weekend, and the first thing you say is, I don't really remember. Oh, man. Yeah, so got home, took a shower, you know, splashed some water on the face, aftershave, little hairspray jaunt into the comb over, rushed out the door, grabbed the baby, and got a window seat. We were stoked. Had some appies, some poo-poos, a couple Mai Tais, then just kind of got home, put the baby down, and then Mama Bear and I just watched some sci-fi, drank Fireball, and... Miller lights all night. Fireball. Yeah, we've been, on, we've been on this new kick where we just like we get a beer and a shot, and we like watch a trashy show. Well, that's called a boilermaker shot yeah, and beer, but because it's fireball, I wouldn't consider it a boilermaker. Correct. We didn't have a, a help with the baby this weekend, so we were ha having to makeshift our fun around baby sleeping and stuff. So we stayed on property, handled that. Saturday, we went to the fair, Orange County Fair. It's always 40 degrees hotter. Thing about the fair is like you check the weather app and you go, okay, 80, no clouds. I can handle that. Orange County fairs on the biggest piece of blacktop in the universe. <laughs> There's like smoke from shitty barbecue blowing you in the face. Some of the best people watching on earth. I don't know where these people come from. You know, I live in Orange County and I don't see any of those people here ever, but they're all there at the fair. So that was kind of fun and interesting. You just eat horrible food. We had fried lobster, fried bacon-wrapped shrimp, paid for it the next day, but it was fun in the moment. I had a rum runner pre-made slushy cocktail thing. Tasted amazing. I don't even know if there was booze in it because I, I just couldn't catch a buzz at this place. And then Sunday, um, church in the morning and just spent the day at the beach all day. You know, it gets to Sunday afternoon and you're, you're a little, little sun-baked. There's sand in your toes. You're doing a little makeshift dinner. The windows are open. There's a little breeze coming through the house. It's just you and your wife and the kid. And you just go, fuck work. This is it. Today was the day. And tomorrow, I got to come see you, dude. You know? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing against you. It's just the fact that, you know, in this, this wonderful life we live, this just miracle of like a sun being just the perfect distance away from this planet. And here we are just... Work, 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 work. I guess it is what it is. If I ever get rich, we can just go to the beach all day. I'm glad that I asked you about your weekend because, again, I don't ever see you on the weekends. And I didn't really peg you for a sit around and drink fireball type of guy watching sci-fi. Well, we, wa we wanted to have a date night Friday. And we usually have help at the house while Palmer's sleeping. They can watch her on the monitor and we, and we go rip it. But mom and dad were out of town. So we were like, we wanted to have some kind of date night. So what we came up with was 
beers, fireball shots, and sci-fi. It's great. Now, I've never seen fireball in anything other than... I buy a- the 12-pack the of airplane shooters. Okay, right. I was and they gonna- keep them in the fridge. And like when you go get a beer, you get one of those too. Mm-hmm. You drink the beer, and as soon as you're done with the beer, you just rip down the fireball. Excellent. Yeah, I was going to ask what, what kind of vessel the fireball shots were in, because I've never seen them in anything other than the airplane shooters. Mm. And I've never really seen them in anything other than the context of like golf outing or a party where you just, you really want to get to where you're going quickly. You know what I've realized lately? I've been on this weird beer kick lately Mm -hmm. where I stopped drinking beer, not stopped, but like did not frequently drink beer nearly as much as I did when I was younger. I've been kind of drinking beers lately. I'm realizing that like somehow, some way this like demotion of my alcoholic intake has happened out of nowhere where all of a sudden I'm drinking like really bottom shelf shit, whether it's beer or whiskey or cocktails or anything. I'm like drinking rum and Cokes and having beers and fireball. It's like, what am I doing? It's very unlike you. It really is. Which is why I'm taken aback by all of this. As long as I've known you, you haven't really been a beer drinker. For the listeners at home, you went on a bit of a health kick. You started eating right. You started throwing around the weights here at work. You cut carbs. Then you went to Hawaii and you said your whole vacation was planned around food. Mm-hmm. And now you come back and you're crushing beers, which I've been told one beer is equal to seven slices of bread. Have you noticed? Uh, is that? Uh, I don't know. True. That can't I, be it's true. It's probably an old wives tale. But have you noticed at all that you're losing that physique you referred to as the disappearing man not no, so long ago? I, no, I, I've lost that quick. You know how when you first start doing anything like that, you get that like quick thin? I kind of lost that, but because I'm still doing weights, I still feel strong, lost a little flab. I think I've gotten past that stage where it's okay to cheat a little bit as long as I keep the weights moving, but the beers kill you. I mean, the beers, being off them for so long and having a few here and there, it's, if, you, if you're only drinking beer and just look at Friday when we had the hangout at work here, just right there alone, just that little you know four or five hours hanging with the guys. How many beers do you need to drink to keep a cool buzz? Quite a few. So at the end of it, you're just full of fucking fluid ounces. I think I need to get back to my roots, just like a little tumbler of scotch on on the ice yeah. and, and sip it for an hour. That's good living. Sounds like you had a great weekend. Happy to hear it. Friday night, I took the family to Olive Garden, which I affectionately refer to as OGs. OG's is the most consistent place in the world to have an inconsistent meal. (laughs) You can absolutely bank on the fact that you can't bank on anything there. Sometimes the salad is crispy and perfectly dressed and the bread is warm and buttery and the pasta is al dente. And other times it tastes like the most expensive microwaved TV dinner that you will ever eat. And this time was the latter. And is there a worse feeling than signing a big check for a bad meal. You're like, that sucked, and here comes an $80, $90, $100 bill for that. It does suck, but at least you don't have to talk to someone. You can just swipe your card by, by the napkin holder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you haven't been to OGs recently, they have these stand-up iPads where your kids can play games for $2.99 the entire dinner and check out of reality. Johnny, don't order another appetizer on there. <laughs> right. And then you don't even need to see your server. You just pay and get the hell out of there. Food is so expensive these days, and we know it, whether it's the grocery store, the drive through every single restaurant. You were talking the other day about getting a Big Mac from McDonald's and how expensive that was. I got a Big Mac meal and a milk for Palmer, and I think it was, with tax and everything, like twelve eighty seven. What's going on here? No one gets McDonald's because it's good or they actually really like it. They get it because it's very convenient. You know you're going to get consistency like the Big Mac is always the Big Mac. It's sad, but it's there. Look, I'm in a bind. I have to get something now. And this place will put this in my lap in 35 seconds. You know, that's the only reason why you go there. All of a sudden, it's expensive. I I need to go back to OGs real quick. Please do. I love your take at the beginning, the inconsistency. That's the key part. But I will say this. You know what you can count on at OG's? The carpet smelling like cheese? You got to love a place that serves a salad with packaged shredded carrots. (laughs) And you know that because when you shred carrots, you have to squeeze the juice out of them, Uh right? So you know they're fresh. When the carrots have that white film 
over them where they're like little microscopic french fries you're like this came from a bag i want to know how big that bag is right because they serve a lot of that salad and you know it's not coming in little bags i've never been more convinced that the breadsticks come out straight from the freezer to the microwave oh yeah back to uh, mcdonald's and you mentioned the big mac people hate how i pronounce mcdonald's but let me tell you why i'm right and everyone else is wrong the staple burger which you alluded to what is it called the big mac the big mac wouldn't it be called the Big Mick if it was McDonald's? Yeah, yeah, you have a point there. Yep, so I'm going to go ahead and take my victory lap all around San Clemente, California. I will say it sounds a lot less dirt baggy yeah. when you're like, hey, can I get you something from McDonald's? Get me a filet o fish Anyway, I came home at 8 p.m. after Olive Garden, passed out right on the couch. No one passes out on a couch like yours truly. I'm a professional you couch talk to my wife. passer-outer. Okay, well, let me ask you, when's the my last- My nickname used to be the pass-out prince. Is that right? Yep. The old pop? If I get horizontal, I could drink four espressos, be the life of the party, and be like, hey, let's sit down and watch something real quick. Why don't you just lay horizontal right here and put your head on that pillow? Five, four, three-, three. Two, one, gone. Will you go the whole night? No, I'll do the, <gasps> you know, <laughs> at like three in the morning where you're like, oh shit, neck's all kinked. Yeah, what's you know, the worst? You know, you're, you're still in your clothes and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the king of that. Well, the thing about waking up with your neck kinked, your body sore, not knowing where you are, parched beyond all belief, like you've been walking through the Sahara. It's such a painful experience to move from where you're at that you just kind of got to close your eyes and ride it out till five or six in the morning. Yeah, I don't do that. I just, I go upstairs, try to be super quiet. So wifey doesn't know that I did it again. And then when she asks, you just like, oh, I just came up right after you, babe. Saturday, I dropped the kids off at their grandparents and my wife. We had a day to remember. First, we went and saw Oppenheimer. Wait, let me guess. You're about to tell me how once you got rid of your kids, you had a great weekend story. Absolutely. But before I get to that, (laughs) we went and saw the movie Oppenheimer. And I would absolutely love to talk to you about that movie. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, because you've proved it time and time again, that you are completely pop culture irrelevant. You know more about more things than almost anyone I know. But if I want to talk to you about any kind of music that was put out after 1969 or a movie that's still playing in the theater or a critically acclaimed television show, it's like throwing my time and energy into a black hole. I'm proud of that because I'm slowly becoming that just annoying dad that just doesn't know shit. And I love it. Well, and your wife, who is a little bit younger than you, is kind of in the same bubble because the other day, you know, she has a brand, Dandy Del Mar, and Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul modeled their clothes in a tequila ad, and she didn't know who they were. She didn't know the two biggest actors from the biggest television show of all time, Breaking Bad, were wearing her clothes that she designed. And then when I said, how do you not know Walter White? How do you not know Heisenberg? She's like, who the hell are you talking about? And what were they wearing them for? Another celebrity tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't need another celebrity slapping their name on a spirit? Yeah, I'll take Coralejo. You know, they've been making tequila since 1755. Let me prove my point to the listener. I'm going to run down and just give me a quick yes or no. Just a quick yes or no. Yep. I'm going to run down arguably the biggest television shows of the last three years and current television shows right now. And you just give me a quick yes or no on whether you have watched them. Not whether you've heard of them, but whether you have watched okay. them. Righteous Gemstones. Never heard of it. Atlanta. Been there once. <laughs> I think you should leave. <laughs> no idea. Beef. No. Vanderpump Rules. I know of it because my wife watches it. Ted Lasso. Nope. Barry. I've seen posters for Barry, but I've never watched it. <laughs> Drive to Survive. Nope. Jury Duty. Nope. Okay. These are all things <laughs> that like, if I worked in any other setting... At any other office, I would be coming in on a Monday just, hey, let's break it down. Dude, when my wife goes in to the tiki bar on our side yard, and that's where she has her little, like, you know, me time, and she's watching her trashy TV and having a drink and a smoke or something, I'm inside on the couch snuggling the puppies, and I'm watching, like, Shell Wonderful World of Golf on YouTube. (laughs) I'm, like, searching, like, 1988 Bob Hope classic, you know, Corey Pavin chips in or something like that, you know, like... Or like Mo Norman tips. I just love watching these old grainy ass fucking things. You know what I have watched? I think there's like 26 seasons or something like that. 
I've watched from start to finish like four or five times is Cheers. Greatest sitcom ever made. Great. I thought you were going to say Survivor. I'm glad that you said <laughs> Survivor, well, dude. Well, once you said 26 seasons, I was like, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah, American Idol. Well, I saw that movie, Oppenheimer. Very, very good. Not A-plus good because Christopher Nolan is a bit of a cheese dick director who just can't help himself. But it was really good, and it starred your guy. And I think you might want to go see it because it starred your guy, Killian Murphy from yeah. Peaky Blinders. Dude, Peaky Blinders is so sick. What a and it's basically show. because of that guy's performance. 100%. They originally wanted to cast Jason Statham for that role of Michael. <laughs> and apparently Killian texted the director and said, remember, I'm an actor. Meaning my job is to play roles that you think I can't play just by looking at me. And boy, boy did they make a good decision. He played the hell out of that role. So then we went to dinner with our friends in Highland Park, and then we hopped through Chinatown and Echo Park. I had the paper plane cocktail mm. under the advisement of Thomas Wrighton. Ter- so that is a new cocktail, correct? It's gaining prominence, but in terms of it being new, it's about 15 years old. Oh, really? But now it's like making the rounds as this hip it, new drink. It's trending. Adam. It's trending. It's a trendy cocktail, the paper plane. Got that tip from Thomas Wrighton, our guy who came by on Friday, told me to give it a try, and I did, and it was great. It got me thinking, top five favorite cocktails, because the paper plane cracked my top five after having it only once. Is it like a shaken, chilled cocktail? There's no ice in it? It is a shaken, okay. chilled cocktail. So the thing in- with those, those are cool. The thing with those is most of those genre of cocktails are usually pretty delicious, but they always come out in such a foo-foo glass. The coupe glass? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're like hanging with the guys. Hey, you got to try this cocktail. You got six dudes there post-golf. There's a lot of toxic masculinity in the air. You get a flight of these things coming to the table. It's like, that's a look. That's a look. You look like a cat drinking from a saucer. Yeah. You look like you just waited in line all night at the nest. You finally get in there and and that's the first drink you have and you grab it by the stem and turn around and make a little like with your head, you know? <laughs> yeah, there, there's nothing worse than when you're putting a cocktail to your mouth and your first three thoughts are don't spill it. <laughs> because it's filled to the brim oh, and yeah. the glass is so inconvenient and what's in there is so expensive, you don't want to spill it. But it got me thinking about our top five favorite cocktails. And I want to start with you. And as you know, when doing a top five list, you want to go from five to one. Mm. So descending order, please, your top five favorite cocktails of all time. What's great about my top five is two of them are cocktails I invented. I'm going to guess that four out of the five are tiki drinks. No, um, Well, one is, I wouldn't consider it an actual authentic tiki drink, but it's in the same realm. Let's start with five. It's a cocktail I created because I love scotch. It's Watered down scotch, just sipping it on the golf course. I've found, I've showed you this. I've showed a number of friends, not this drink, but where this drink stemmed from, this technique rather. And it's good. Not a lot of additives, sugar, bloat. You sip all day. It's cold. This cocktail I have called the peasant. The old guys at Indian Wells turned me on to uh, the drink we have after meetings. They call it the the chairman's. They didn't have a very big or deep scotch offering. So the Johnny Black was always on the shelf and it was a good price. So they would do Johnny Black on the rocks with a twist where you take the fruit out of the lemon and twist it up and smoke around the room. And I was always like, what the fuck's this all about? You know? And they're like, well, it's it's good to flavor up the shitty stuff. When you get on airplanes, they don't have a big scotch offering either. So I started getting like doers and soda. This is kind of nice because it's there's some bubbles it still has that hit of scotch on the, the tongue and, and the nostril, but it's like super easy to drink. Soda and scotch on the rocks, but I was like, you know, this is missing, that peasant twist. Get a tumbler, rocks, scotch, soda, twist. It's a good time. Pretty affordable. I call it the peasant. I go for Chichi Rodriguez. It's, <laughs> it's my take on a rum and coke. Yeah. I mean, you can make fun of rum and cokes all you want. Who doesn't love our fucking rum and coke? I go Puerto Rican rum, coke. Squeeze a lime, leave the lime in, just a dash of grenadine. And I call that the Chichi Rodriguez, sugar diabetes, but hey, it's amazing. When you're feeling like, God, I've been drinking all day, I need to pick me up, that's the drink. Three, I don't care what anyone says, 
if you're resorting or going to a like Hawaiian family restaurant or like, you know, a sailor's restaurant, those kind of places like wind and sea, whatever, pina colada, dark rum float. I don't care what anyone says. That's, that's the drink. Coming into number two, I love that penicillin that you turned me on to. I'm a scotch guy and I do like a peaty eyelay every now and then. And it has that little peaty eyelay mist on top. Yep. Um, that's a great drink. Number one, I'm going the original Mai Tai. Now, the Mai Tai has been so perverted and just absolutely shit on. Would you call it bastardized? Absolutely bastardized. A lot of people don't don't know that authentic, real tiki drink cocktail culture is not only extremely historical, but it's very distinct. The recipes are deep. A lot of ingredients, very strict to authentic tiki. It's been completely bastardized. So nowadays you go, give me a Mai Tai. And they put like pineapple juice, white rum, pour it in, and then the dark rum float on top, maybe a splash of OJ and then a splash of grenadine or something like that. And it's just like, what is this? First thing that I have to say, the general rule for cocktails has been forgotten. No one follows it anymore. If there is juice, any type of juice, especially fresh in any drink concoction, you shake it. You always shake it. If it has soda, you stir. When I get a Mai Tai from like Islands or Winnensee or wherever, all these what I call resort Mai Tais, and you're just looking at flat juice with a dark rum float on top, what are we doing here, guys? This is ridiculous. My number one cocktail is the original Mai Tai, the 1944 Trader Vic's Mai Tai. That is a Mai Tai. Anything else you see is not. Love it. Great top five list. My number five is a gin martini, a little dirty, as I like to say, like a nun that plays the lottery. Two, never three. Right. Thank you, Boston Titan Sore. <laughs> three blue cheese olives, the gin martini. Love it. Number four, the paper plane has cracked the top five. It's really good. And if you order it at any bar, most people are going to know how to make it. Number three, the Manhattan. Number two, the old fashioned. And number one, the spicy penicillin, my favorite cocktail of all time. That's my top five. Four of them are whiskey drinks. But back to the weekend, not having your kids for a night and my kids spending the night at their grandparents is like a time machine. You're instantly transported back to your 20s, bar hopping, having adult conversations, not giving a hoot or a holler. It's amazing. And the best part about them doing an overnighter was coming back home that night and not having to worry about a bedtime routine that involves changing them into their pajamas, brushing their teeth, reading them stories. No, my wife and I came home. We kicked off our shoes. We put on Happy Gilmore, took a gummy and passed the hell out 10 minutes into it. Not a care in the world. And we slept in and it was great. Now, love my kids to death. Greatest thing that's ever happened. No to me. whoopee greatest thing that's ever happened to me are my kids and uh, <laughs> guys didn't make whoopee but it's very nice to get a break and, and to be transported back into a, a simpler time as the trader joe's beer used to say simpler times where you don't have kids and by god you can be selfish for 24 to 36 hours isn't it amazing yeah there's nothing you love more Right. A lot of people are talking about it. Woke up Sunday, went for a three-mile walk, sweat it all out, got home a little too late for church, then relaxed until the grandparents called. Just an amazing weekend overall. And part of that weekend included watching the 3M Open, or as I'm now calling it, the 3Z. <laughs> what a boring, boring tournament. Lee Hodges had a six-shot lead on the back. He ended up winning by seven. He was being chased by the heavy hitters of JT Poston, Aaron Baddeley, Kevin Streelman, and a bunch of other marquee names at the 3M Open. This is the kind of golf that you fall asleep to and you don't wake back up. Like, is 3M stoked on all that money they spent this weekend? Like, are they getting anything out of this? Here you are, you're this corporate entity. You've committed to this thing for however many years they've committed to it. And they show up and they drop all this money and do all this big event. Are they really getting what they need out of that? As, I just can't imagine it. As you would like to ask, is the juice worth the squeeze? Ask me, Hawk, real quick while we're on this topic. How much of the 3M Open I watched this weekend? How much of the 3M Open did you watch this weekend? Not a shot. Not a shot. Not one shot. What are we talking about here? 
Top three most interesting things for those that didn't see it or those that did and want some confirmation bias that they didn't just waste their entire weekend. Lee Hodges won. He's a first-time winner on the PGA Tour, which is always cool. So congratulations to the Bama kid, Lee Hodges. The other interesting thing were how many big names missed the cut at a course that just yields birdies all over the place. Sahith Gala, Justin Thomas, Cam Young, Adam Hadwin, and a few others missed the cut. No one in the mix, really, besides Tony Finau and Keith Mitchell that would have kept anyone interested. And that golf tournament was out of hand anyway. The other and last interesting thing was how JT Poston finished the tournament. Listen to this, since you didn't watch. He needed a 7 on the par 5 18th to take solo second and cash 850,000. He needed a seven. He needed to double bogey or better at the 18th hole. Instead, he fans his drive way right, barely misses going in the water, ball way below his feet, had to carry 220 yards of nothing but drink for his second shot. He decides to take it on because in his mind, the only way I win this golf tournament is if I make a three, eagle it and lee hodges makes a bogey and there's a three shot swing right there that gets me into a playoff it's a one in 10 billion chance but he decided to take that chance because he had the cushion of a three shot lead over third place takes the shot hits it into the drink fourth shot from the same spot because he crossed the penalty area right where the ball left the club face so he had to hit from the exact same spot Decides to lay it up, still in great position to make double or better, but he duffs the chip and he ends up three putting for a triple bogey eight, drops three shots back into a tie for second, cost himself 260 grand. Dude was trailing by three shots on the final hole, ended up losing by seven and coughing up a quarter million in cash. Wow. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at him. Because here's why I don't want to laugh at him. If you know anything about this podcast, if you know anything about Ryan and me, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt just one thing about us. We are mega corp guys. Yeah. And JT Poston is one of two mega corp sponsored golfers. The other, Brian Harmon. The corp almost went back to back. Yeah, the corp was looking real good for a while there. But unfortunately, the corp rinsed one on 18, duffed a chip, three-putted, and went back into a tie for second, which cost JT Poston a quarter of a million dollars. Here's the good news. We're heading into the Wyndham Championship, another barn burner. Defending champ, Tom Kim. Then we've got the St. Jude. Then the playoffs. Pards, not a lot of good or interesting golf to look forward to. I asked this question out loud. Is it Ryder Cup yet? Bring on the Ryder Cup, for God's sakes. Where's the fast-forward button on all of this? This is going to be a tough stretch, and one of which I will not be watching. (laughs) Let's move on and talk about the store. I teased it at the top. There's a lot going on with Nation in and around the store, online and offline. But the store itself, the physical location down here in San Clemente, is absolutely popping. You rebuilt the showroom. We opened up a corner called Nation Vintage. We're wheeling and dealing on our site and on OfferUp. And our business model, which has been 99% e-commerce, is now undergoing a bit of a two-word change, foot traffic. Mm. If you build it, they will come. And you built it. So now we got to get the people here. We've had a bunch of customers coming through. Casey Redman from San Diego. Our new friend, Dylan. I'm not going to give out his last name because Dylan is from a dispensary. Let's just call him Dispensary Dylan. He dropped off some goods. Weed, obviously. And weed, let's just let's just put it out there, okay? Here's the take. Weed is the hardest of hard drugs. It's no longer a gateway drug to other drugs. It's the end of the line. It's a brick wall. If you're looking for a mellow time and just want to cut loose and stay within yourself, try cocaine. Because weed is insane. Weed is so gnarly nowadays that mushrooms made a comeback. Right. <laughs> yeah, people, you're exactly right. You know? what you Everyone's to- like, uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to microdose this hallucinogen right. because I'm scared of marijuana pot. Marijuana pot. And I think you and I have a very similar background with it. In high school and college, it was what we in the business like to call dad weed. Mm. Stems, shake, seeds, crappy brick weed. 
smoke a whole joint, you feel great. You and I and many others in life after college, we're taking on responsibilities. Yeah. We're doing things. Work starts at seven in the morning, not noon or 3 p.m. No longer are you doing busboy shifts. You're doing real life stuff. So marijuana pot does not fit into the lifestyle. Then you come back to it after taking 10 years off and the stuff is medical grade. The government's involved. It's purple. There are crystals all over it. It's growing hair. Joints are now dipped in keef as if it's not enough to just roll weed inside of a paper. You now have to roll weed inside of a paper and then dip it in concentrated weed. It's absolutely crazy. It's out of control. It's crazy. It would be like if you grew up drinking 5% Miller Lights and then you take 10 years off and you come back to it and the Miller Lights are 25%. It's like a bottle yeah. of wine yeah. instead of a beer. And that's what weed is. It's the scariest, hardest drug of all time. If, if I ever catch my kid smoking weed, I'm going to hand him a bag of meth yeah. and say, take it easy. Just drop him off at Passages Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> I was an addict for 10 years. Now I'm not. Oh, but yeah, shout out to Dispensary Dylan. He came over and uh, dropped off some goods. Don't know if we'll ever get to him, but we'll try. I'm definitely staying away from those joints that look like Chia Pets. On Friday afternoon, Jordan Dixon, a.k.a. Mr. TaylorMade himself. Brought in a golf bag in here that looked like the Death Star. Uh, Jordan Dixon? Yeah. It was bigger than the showroom. I didn't yeah. know it could fit I didn't know. It, like, you know, you can look at this bag right here and be like, oh, that's, you know, vinyl. You can look at the ones out there. Those are leather bags. So these ones, it's like a poly mesh. I couldn't tell you the material that bag was made out of. Could you? No, it's a brand new tailor-made bag. Then he pulled out his putter. It was the size of my car. <laughs> the putter head on that thing. The grip was bigger than a pool noodle. So if you need a flotation device, just toss someone a, a tailor-made putter with a super stroke on it, and they'll be swimming to safety in no time. But yeah, nice of Mr. Taylor made himself, Jordan Dixon, to drop by. Jordan Brown from Metal Arc, Thomas Wright and Colt Nedler, Zach Weber, and uh, a dude named Brad. And trust me, it's not a party in Orange County if there's not a dude named Brad hanging around. Be rad, dude. That's it. You just got to be rad. Hey, since we're just shitting down Dixon's neck right here, shout out of a lifetime. Dude brought us lunch in yeah. and out. Mm -hmm. What a guy. Brought some in and out. No, we love Jordan. We, we love Jordan. Didn't say we didn't. But just because we love him doesn't mean we have to love TaylorMade. Well, I, everyone probably thinks I hate TaylorMade. I don't hate it. I just think it's just it's easy to make fun of because it's just like the blazer. Like what's next? The the rocket ship. The, the, Stealth. It's just is this a joke? Does TaylorMade have a bit here? Are they seeing what they can get away with? Like what are they going to call their next driver? That's what I want to know because you can't stealth three it. So what's next? Right. You know where do you go from stealth? I yeah. think is my question. So they did the M-Series, then the Sims. Now they're on to Stealth. Callaway invented a weird spelling of Paradigm. Cobra. I think they spelled Maverick wrong, too. They did spell Maverick wrong. And I think, what was the one before that? The Epic. The Epic. The Callaway Epic. epic. And now I think Cobra is doing the Aerojet. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's Come ridiculous. on, guys. I'm not saying that none of those drivers work good, but... Let's just take a very honest look at the marketing of golf clubs nowadays. What a joke. But Friday afternoon was super cool to have all these people come by. And it's because we sat around and we said, this is no longer just going to be the office. We're going to start referring to it as the store. 915 Calle Manasseh. Our doors are open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Come see us. You can pick up your order. You can shop the vintage section. You can look at the new hats that we have. Or you can just, you know, drop anchor have a scotch and a cigar on us. This doesn't just have to be a Friday thing. Come it's, in anytime. Yeah, it's where the, the, the rolling rocks flow like wine and the customers flock like the howlays of Oahu. Uh, new shirts and new hats. Quickly, we've talked about the new shirts. We still have a few of them left. So if anyone wants to grab a new shirt, they're on the website. And then you made four new hats as well. These are classic ball caps. There's four of them. There's a Navy one, Pride of the Pacific, a black corduroy one called the Post Meridian. There's a cotton twill kind of creamy one called the Sandy Par. And then there's a beautiful mint corduroy hat called the Lazy River. God, the color's so good on that mint hat. It doesn't really show up good in pictures. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like ghosts. They don't show up in mirrors or photographs. 
And what else don't show up in mirrors or well, photographs? We'll let my close friends figure that one out. Nope. We'll let the podcast listeners in. This is one of my favorite takes of all time. No one's going to get mad. Okay. Well, and remember, um, it's just a joke, folks. We're just joking around here. Yeah. So, you know, when you go to a gentleman's club, they have a strict sign, you know, no photographs. This isn't because like the girls could be made or like, you know, it's against the law or something like that. It's because strippers aren't real. They have no soul. They're like ghosts. They won't show up in photographs. You can't see them in mirrors. If they let us take pictures in there, the gig would be up. Who wants to go see a bunch of topless ghosts? I mean, maybe nowadays there's some sick people out there, but I, I sure as hell would stop going. Okay, folks, just remember, we're just joking around here. Okay, that's it. And by, <laughs> I don't know what's more egregious, that joke or the fact that he said the gig would be up when it's the jig would be up. I, I absolutely love the way that you butcher old time sayings. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I, I did it wrong? I said gig instead of jig? Yes, which is fine. It's part of your personality. The gig, that works too. <laughs> yeah, the, It's the, a gig. The gig's up. It's like you have a gig, your band, you know, it's the last song. The, gig, <laughs> the gig's up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, <clears throat> it's funny they call it a gentleman's club. You go in there, you don't see a lot of gentlemen in there. I act like a gentleman in there. While we're on the topic, because I don't know if we'll ever be back on this topic again, I have one of the greatest strip club stories of all time. I'm in Portland, Oregon for one of my best friend's bachelor parties. I'm the best man. I'm in charge of the festivities. Oh, God. And so part of the night, which he had begged me, do not take me to a strip club. Do not take me to a strip club. Which means we're 110% going to a strip club. Yep. Turn the corner. We get to the destination, which I had picked out and kept a secret. I usher about eight guys into there. Now, this is Portland. Portland doesn't exactly have the same kind of... Health codes? Or talent or selection or standards as maybe Vegas on a weekend. Maybe. It 100% does not. It does not. So, it wasn't the most fun or entertaining place to be in. It was kind of nuts. It was kind of weird. It was kind of gross. But part of going into a club on a weekend is dropping your card and spending some kind of drink minimum because mm. they don't want people going in there and just beelining it without spending money. So I put my card down as the best man, paid for some drinks. We left. Next day, wedding, great wedding. Next day, got to get out of town. Now, who's in town for this wedding? My parents, because they are very, very close to this person. And my wife, because she's my wife, and she's very close to this person. But as you know, you go to weddings with your wife. So we're heading out of town. I grab all my belongings, wallet, cell phone, keys, the whole shebang, check the wallet. The card is not in my wallet, which means the card is at the strip club. Oh, my God. Now, we were visiting from California, so I needed a ride to the airport. And it was predetermined that my parents were going to give my wife and I a ride to the airport. Dude, where's my card? (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly where this is going. Yep, everyone does. Uh, I had to have my mom and my dad, wife in the backseat. I put the destination in my cell phone. We're driving there. I'm sweating bullets. I'm freaking out. And we park at the destination. And uh, what do you know? The sign out front, XXX, girls, 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 nude, nude, (laughs) nude, XXX. And I have to take the walk of shame from the vehicle in front of my wife and my parents to go retrieve my card from the strip club we had been at two nights before. Wow. And that is my strip club story. And that is why I have never, wink, wink, been back. We actually have an email from a listener in Canada. Chris, Canada, Canada. Chris in Calgary has a Still question. down for a ripper, you bud. Chris in Calgary has a question for us, and I think it's a good question. What do you guys think about music on the golf course? Mm. I personally think it's ruining the game more than the bad clothes, particularly certain genres of music that clearly do not belong on the course, i.e. rock and metal. I'm a big music fan. I go to a lot of concerts. I listen in my car all the time. But the game of golf is for peace and quiet and conversations. And these idiots are really just wanting to get drunk and listen to music. And they should go to their backyard to do that instead of a golf course. I have a couple of friends that I only play a couple of rounds a year with. And now I don't even want to play with them because of the music coming from the cart. It's just sad. What are your thoughts on the topic of music in and around the golf course? 
Dude. <laughs> Signed Chris in Canada. So I about three quarters of the way through you reading that, I realized that you were reading his email. I thought you were just going off right there. I was like, whoa, dad. Because uh, I'm pretty sure I've had to put up with your stoner medal on the golf course. So that really just threw me for a loop. Did I get that saying right? Or am I jaunting that too? The genre is stoner metal, stoner doom metal. I don't remember ever listening to it on the golf course. Yep. You and Jordan Brown. Oh, one time. Ruined my back nine. Yeah, well, he put it on. And there's no such thing as ruining a back nine at Birch Hills. It was already <laughs> ruined the moment that we showed up. Hey, I was like three, four under before you started playing stoner metal. Yeah. Just that, saying. You know, Jordan played that. And again, I, I'm just kidding. But hey, it's I, I get where this guy's coming from. And if there was a you know black or white situation, like have or have not, you know, or can or can't, like if it was cut down the middle like that, I would probably be like no music. But I think everything, especially music, it's just like any setting in life. It's situational. You've got to play the right stuff for the right situation. When music is out of place, it's obnoxious, plain and simple. I remember I was helping a customer was picking my brain about they were they were actually from Canada too and they were picking my brain about some like hot spots we're going to spend the weekend out in the des and I know you you know your way around like could you give us some like pointers or advice or whatever so I'm going down the list with these guys and he's like well we're staying down in Palm Springs we rented a house and it has strict rules the city of Palm Springs won't let you play music in your backyard anymore because you know you get all these yahoos bringing DJs for like a VRB weekend, you know, and they just blow the place out with scots, dude, scots. Could you just combine Verbo with Airbnb and call it a VRB weekend? Yeah. So he's like, it says no music and stuff. And I was like, look, dude, if you're showing up at a rental and you're playing like Snoop Dogg or something, Nancy next door is calling the cops. If you're playing Frank Sinatra out there, Dean Martin, you know, Rat Pack vibes, they ain't calling the cops. They're going to come over, knock on the door, and hand you a warm apple pie. Music is situational. I think golf, the game, its history, the way it's played, like taking turns and respecting each other's like lines and time and situations and being quiet in certain times, I think it calls for certain genres of music that work. I would just say this. When I'm going out to play at the club and I'm playing with a couple members that maybe I've just met or hadn't played with before, I will ask them in advance, hey, do you guys mind a little music? And I'll play it low and I'll make sure it's mellow music. That's cool. But when it has to be like a fucking concert the whole time, it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I think there's a, like you said, a time and a place for it, but also a volume for it. I like music on the course, but I have some principles and rules for it. You should only be playing music for your cart. Not your foursome and especially right. not the course, just your cart. You right. got to be respectful. And not everyone's taste is the same. Talk to your partner, see if they're cool with it, and then play it. But keep it at a volume that isn't messing with anyone else. And always turn down when you're approaching greens and tee boxes. Correct. And don't ever let the music take away from the banter. And there's a pretty proven rule with loud music. And you know it when you hear it, when someone's blasting music from their car at a stoplight or driving by your house. The next time someone is playing a good song loudly from their car will be the first. Yeah. No one has ever heard someone playing a good song loudly. It's always yep. just the most obnoxious, loud, trunk rattling bullshit that no one wants to hear. Unless it's a actual 60s lowrider and they're playing funk out of the window. Oh, and you got to love that. Yeah. You know, when they're when they're doing a, a, a boardwalk drive-by. Right. Blasting George Clinton, Atomic Dog. I'm down. Yeah, of course. But that's situational. It's again. situational. But on the golf course, just keep the music to you and the person in your cart. Make sure that they're cool with it. And I do agree with you that certain genres work and certain don't. Some set the mood and some ruin the mood. Mm. And we actually have a playlist on Spotify called Swing Lube. It's five and a half hours long. We curated it ourselves. Everyone that listens to this list loves it. It works in order. It works on shuffle. And really, it works for everyone that you're playing golf with. It's, it's just a great golf-enhancing playlist. So to Kristen Calgary's question, you know, music on the golf course, I'm totally okay with it as long as it's just for you and your cart. And that Now, some, if someone it. shows up and they're 
blowing it out with some Taiga or who's like a modern artist? Like, uh, let's go Chainsmokers or Imagine Dragons or Steve Aoki. Yeah. Are you telling them to turn it down or change the channel? Me personally, yeah. I'm a very non-confrontational human being. Yeah. So that's our take on that. And thanks, Chris, in Canada for the Canada. Email. Canada. And if you are looking for that playlist, it's on Spotify. It's called Swing Lube and it's by Us Nation Golf Co. Definitely recommend it. Some big news. We are now in Meadowlark Golf Club. Thank you to Jordan Brown, the assistant GM who came by, picked up a bunch of visors. And now you can find Nation at the brick and mortar of one of the gems of Southern California, one of the best munis in Huntington Beach, Meadowlark Golf Club. The Lark. The Lark, baby. Tiger Woods grew up playing there, and now Nation is inside the pro shop. 100 years of history. The best thing I love about Meadowlark is it's been said it's a dive bar with a golf course. My that's, kind of place. That's exactly it. And you got to love the Lark. The golf course is actually pretty sweet. It's cool. You really get a sense of that era. I love those old tracks with the tiny greens. Golf is golf, man. It's whacking that thing around, around the old yard. Find it, hit it again. Now would be a good time to remind you that we are playing there on August 11th. Mm. So let me put that back in my calendar. Uh, please do, because I told you about it months ago. Would you just please, for once in your life, remember something? We're playing August 11th at just, the Lark. Just remind me three days before. So we were talking earlier that about our favorite cocktails and also that you're drinking a lot of beers and that you were on a diet. Blah, I'm blah, getting blah. off the beers. You're getting off the beers. You okay. heard it here first, folks. Well, you're about to hear two other things here first. Number one. Starting today, July 31st, because it is a Monday, I'm going to try to go from today to the end of August without a drop of alcohol. Why? I'm just going to try it. Why? I'm just going to You're not answering it. my question. Why? A couple of reasons. One, I want to lose some weight, and I think not drinking alcohol will really help with that. Dude, drink all the booze you want. Lift a little weights. Eat more meat and fruit. Cut all the other shit out. Two, I want to see if I feel better. I want to see if I get more energy. Well, you definitely won't feel better than when you're buzzed. <laughs> you think I'm going to enjoy your phone calls like I enjoyed your martini call last Saturday? I don't even remember making that call, which yeah. kind of goes into... Yeah, we did LGs again, and my wife got a steak. Yeah. Man, I tell you, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, okay, all right. I guarantee I wasn't planning the podcast from a Saturday night dinner. 100%. All right, I probably was. The the other thing is I I just I want the mental challenge of I really 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 like alcohol. Like really like it to the point where if I see a commercial for a beer, I want to go get a beer. If I see a bottle of alcohol, I want to drink that bottle of alcohol. And in no way do I think that I am an alcoholic because I know that I'm not. There's and a difference between being an alcoholic and being a pro. And I don't think I'm either, really, because I'm too much of a lightweight to be a pro. But I just want to see if I can overcome some hurdles with the mentality behind it, with the physicality behind it, with the financial implications of it, with the health of it. So I'm just going to try it. And it leads into this bigger thing. I am going to try to become a little bit more healthy because the vanity of it. I can see the way my wife looks at me now versus the way she used to look at me. It's not the same. I'm just a guy now. I'm just a guy who lives in the house. I'm not the apple of her eye anymore. Kind of blobby. Yeah, I'm more the pumpkin of her eye. Yeah. So I want to change that. You're like a white pumpkin with tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. So I want to change that and be no alcohol for a month kind of kicks more into a bigger health kind of thing. As you know, I used to be a runner. I'd run four times, five times a week, ran a couple of marathons. And here's where this involves you. Get ready for it. The Long Beach Half Marathon is coming up on October 15th. It's a couple of months away, October 15th. You'll have all of August, all of September, and half of October to get ready for it. It's 13.1 miles. It typically takes between two to three hours to complete. I've done two of them. I've done two half marathons. I've done two full ones. The half marathon is a really fun I don't want to call it an easy distance, but it's very doable. And I am here on the record right now in front of this listening audience to challenge you to run this half marathon with me October 15th. Do you accept the challenge? No. Not a chance, dude. Why not? Well, later in my, I would call it 
still surfing career. I've had a few little close calls with my left knee and I stopped playing basketball because of it. I just don't have the knee for it anymore. If it was skiing or like getting back in shape to maybe play basketball or do an activity that actually takes skill other than running, which takes no skill at all or coordination. It's just like, go that way. I'm not going to risk blowing it out unless I know that I'm getting actual enjoyment out of it. And the only enjoyment from doing some stupid race like that is like, challenge myself or I challenge you or can you do it? Or look how limpy I am at the end. Let's get a Michelob Ultra. I just like that running culture just doesn't do it for me. I'm not asking you to be a part of the running culture. I'm not asking you to wear spandex. Yeah, but that's going to take training a little bit for it. Running. I appreciate you wanting me to do this with you and being fun for the pod. But telling you right now, that activity is not worth me risking my knee over. You just said it required no skill. So why don't you prove it? Because it doesn't. Okay, so do it. Come run. I don't have the wheels, Dad. This half marathon yeah. debate. When this knee goes, it's going to be either golfing, surfing, or skiing. So I'm going to save it for the trifecta. You can have your little race without me. All right. Looks like I am uh, doing the half marathon all by myself. I'll meet you at the end, and I'll buy you lunch. Me and Katie Kyle come. We'll hold a sign at the finish line. Go at them. Great job. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that because I believe that you won't run it with me, but I also believe that you probably won't show up either to support. I would 100% show up. Okay, great. Remember, folks, as we get out of here that we love you, we appreciate you and your support. We really, really do. And this brand is all about the fellowship. We are experiencing it on a daily basis now with people coming into the store. So we want, we once again want to invite you to come down and hang out. And there are so many ways that you can help support us without spending a dime. You can subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Nation Golf and let your people know about it. You can watch our videos on YouTube, of which there are many. You can come by the shop for a drink and a smoke. You can go to Metal Lark and tell them that you love that they brought us into the pro shop. You can send your friends to our website when they are looking for golf apparel and accessories, or you can drop us a line at nationgolfco at gmail.com and give us a topic or a question for our next episode. Whatever you do, just know that we appreciate it and we love you so much. Poke us on Facebook. Yeah. Can you still do that? We're about to find out. Send us a Snapchat. Thank you so much for listening to the fellowship. God bless (laughs) you and see you next time. See you in church.